Welcome to Circles Off on the Hammer Betting Network, episode number 70. Did you get anyone from this? Well, I'm all pro right guard, Zach Martin. Okay. I, w- I was actually struggling. Couldn't think of any on my own. Had to hit up the old Google search. Found one notable one for hockey. Uh, okay. I, I don't. Uh, He's not even notable. What am I saying? Louis Domingue on the <laughs> Penguins. So not I have a, I have two others. For not s- the best. Number 70. But we mentioned it on last uh, the last episode that Dennis Rodman couldn't yeah. wear 69. He wore number 70 with the Mavs because he couldn't wear 69. <laughs> Which I think that so that that's uh, hockey. Braden Holpe wore number 70. Yeah. Was he 70? Set when yeah. he was with the Washington Capitals for many years, he wore number 70. I'd say he's a little yeah. bit more notable than Louis Domingue. I would say a little well, bit. Louis <laughs> Domingue currently actively wears 70. Yeah, it's true. Opie wears a different number with Vancouver. I don't know what it is. It's a, it's, it has, I don't know. It's not 70. Uh, 49. Okay, anyways. There's about um, a million. There's there's tons of like O-linemen though. We You could go through history. At, for like, sure. There's been Johnny, a lot there's way more people than <laughs> in the NHL. Louis Domingue. Go find them. Yeah. I don't Find any good players. At first, literally easy, better. Joe Morrow, uh, Joe, Troy Stetcher, Joe Morrow, Joe, Oscar Joe Sundquist. Joe, no, 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 no. Oscar Sundquist. No way. Okay. Tim Thomas, it says. Tim Thomas? If Tim Thomas wore 70, that's a miss. It, I don't recall him wearing 70. I Maybe recall. this list is just... I don't know about that list. Tim Thomas was, I believe, number 30. Tim Thomas? Tanner Pearson. Yeah. We're getting into... Patrick Hornquist. I don't, I don't want to, like... They're fine. They're player. They're recognizable right. players. Joe Morrow is not better than Louis Domingue. <laughs> Joe Morrow. Well, who's the guy that I'm thinking of? That who's the Morrow? Brendan Morrow, maybe. Ah, yeah. Brendan Morrow. Yeah, that's a was, miss on my yeah. behalf. That's all good. Right. Joe Joe Morrow played probably. I would doubt he has many NHL games. No, no. Uh, you know what? You know what? He's got more games than I even thought. He's got 162 games. Tim That's Thomas originally points. wore number 70 with the Bruins. All right. So we, Timmy Thomas. We always forget about baseball players, but I it's very I don't you rarely see like 70s. When episode 99, we're gonna go we gotta go Gretzky, then also the judge. The judge. If he breaks it by then. So by career war for baseball, Manuel Margot. Oh, is, Manny Margot. Manny Margot is the uh the player who wore number 70 that has the highest career war in Major League Baseball. There's, some, there's some real scrubs on this list, including former Blue Jay, Reese McGuire. That's the <laughs> so getting into the episode uh, today, it's Rob and I only no guests this week. We are going to try to bring on another guest for, uh, for next week. We have a couple really good ones lined up. Um, so what we have for today is a timely NFL topic. And um, I guess we'll get into some NFL betting first, but the topic for today is buying points, selling points. Um, it comes up very often now, you know, should you bet this number, this number, where are you going to go? So we're going to break down kind of the our, our views on that, how we would go about doing that, and then potentially some other tools we could look at in terms of getting that done. So Rob, first off, before we get into buying, selling points, how's NFL season going? Three weeks in. Uh, stressful, up and down. I had a, a terrible week two and a very good week three, personally. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you, you take a step back, you do things differently. Like I'm, I'm you, everybody knows this by this point. If you've listened for a while, I'm mostly bet 
major market sides and totals in NFL. I, I sit at like 3.45 p.m. Eastern time on my couch every Sunday. And I'm like, why do I do this to myself? Like, it feels like everything comes down to... Uh, there, there are so few sweat-free winners in the NFL. And people are like, oh, you don't have to watch the games. You could just... I'm like, no. Like, come on. There's like four... There's like three to four sweat-free winners per week if you had that one side out of all the games. So well, like, like 32. Like, I bet, I bet Colts plus six last week against Kansas City. And we took some five and a half as well, but mostly bet the Colts plus trap, six. trap game. So trap, of course, anyone who doesn't of course, yeah. the betting public was all on Kansas City. You got to look at the reverse line movement. You know, obviously, that's how I made my decision in betting the game. However, like they won the game outright. I still didn't even feel like anywhere comfortable that they were going to cover six throughout the game. That's like the type of swings we're talking Colts about. Colts plus three and a half first half. Worst loss of the season. Man. That is like the most disgusting beat. I had some plus three and a half first half as well. It doesn't, like, there's so many beats every week. And it's like a, a cool thing to break down. But there's quite literally so many bad beats on a weekly basis that just go under the radar because like a mainstream media outlet didn't pick it up or no one even had that bet. But there's so many bad like when you're looking at player props, yardage and stuff like that, end of game scenarios, horrible beats, horrible, like insane lucky winners. But even like full game and halftime stuff, Colt, it didn't get much coverage, but Colts were plus three and a half for the first half. Um, ended up, Kansas City got a touchdown. They were essentially a play away from Colts, like first half money line cashing in, having no sweat. Kansas City gets a touchdown with about under a minute left and then decides to go for two. Now just puts the whole spread in jeopardy, end up converting the two-point conversion to Travis Kelsey. Anyone who ever watched NFL knows it wasn't a, it wasn't a conversion. I, so were you watching the broadcast live? Yeah. So yeah. it was Tony Romo doing, that was doing color for that game, and he was he was losing his mind. He's like, this is not, this is not, they, like, it's like they, they still watch this, and they called it uh, the two-point, it's like, it was obviously not good. Uh, but here's, like, the, this is That was also for the for the plus five and a half, plus six, was also a massive one because Kansas swing. City, I missed an extra point. Exactly. So it was like, now they, now they just got back up 14 to 10 with that, when it would have been 12-10, which obviously for a, you know, closing line spread of around five would have been massive given that Kansas City kicks an extra field goal at that point, and then they would actually be up five, and the five could be a, a live number. It was... Um What's frustrating with the NFL in particular is their reluctance to change the calls on the field that are like not, I guess, what's a way to put it? Like, it's very obvious what that play was, but it was close. So they stick with the ruling on the field. Yeah, but it wasn't even close. He fumbled it also, and his knee was down. For any, like, it's now it's tough without the video. I don't know how we can even find the video. Maybe Wait, we'll find him. So it you can easily f find it, it, it was it blew up. Can't put it in. Travis we Kelsey. Can't, we can't put it in. Yeah. It's, just just I guess Travis Kelsey two point conversion and that should come up on Twitter. <laughs> what I normally do when I want to search a play, by the way, just for everyone here, go on Twitter. Best source for plays. YouTube's a little tough to find. You go to Twitter. You hit in the search bar. Be specific as to what someone would be tweeting. So you don't want to be too professional. Yep. But even like Kelsey two PC or Kelsey two point conversion. Uh, then scroll over to videos, the videos button, and then there will be videos of Kelsey two point conversions. Yeah. Mostly oh. guys who are you know film, filming their TVs and it, stuff. There's a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of that. But if you want, if you ever need to see a play quick, that's how you get it done. The most frustrating ones for me because they'll ne they never show up in like the highlights or the box score. 
are the dropped interceptions. <laughs> like I bet Carolina two weeks ago, they lost to the Giants. There was a play where Daniel Jones threw the ball directly into the hands of Frankie Louvu of the Carolina Panthers defense who had a, a walk-in pick six and he dropped the ball. Like that's a, the, the swing on that one play where it's, it's a, I know he's a defender. I know he's a linebacker, but like a professional player just not being able to catch the ball essentially costs a bet. Week one, Eagles and Lions. I, I, I think I talked about this um, or maybe posted to my Twitter, but like the Eagles were, were killing the Lions and Jared Goff overthrew a ball over the middle of the field directly into the hands. Now he had to reach down a little bit to catch it uh, of Darius Slay. Drops the ball. The Lions score a touchdown on that drive. They go on to cover the game. Like Those are the most frustrating aspects of the NFL. Now, technically, I will say, complaining about it, there's probably a lot of those times where it worked in my favor. Yeah, you just don't know. And I don't know. Or I'm, or I'm like, you know, selective memory. So I get it. But either way, those are the types of swings that are just like the randomness of the sport is crazy. For sure. For sure. It's like with any with anything, you're always going to be sweating at the end of the game. Like it, it just it somehow comes down to it. Right. Like even if you have like uh, James Harden, you know, you're it's like or like you have like Kevin Durant on points and you're, uh, you're, you're like, yeah, yeah. Like you're always going to be sweating like a free throw. Right. You're just going to be there and you're like, all right, somehow the end of the game, you watch a full game and then you're like, all right, well, this is it. I need I need him to go one for two here. Uh, yeah, I've told it. you about that. Yeah. Right. The worst one. I The worst one I had. You needed a two was, for two. Right. I needed two for two from James Harden. I, this was when I like first started betting in university, and I had this was when I like had no idea what was going on. I threw down like an eight leg parlay, and this is when these uh, I don't remember, do you remember the Nike off white like Air Max nineties when they came out? Yeah, this is when they sure. were like the thing. And so me and my buddy were like, if this parlay hits, we're both getting them. Like there was it was pay, big enough payout, eight legger. <laughs> I'm six for six. We're going in, we're watching the Houston game. The eighth leg will finish after this Houston game, but it's like on pace to win. Harden needs to is two points away from hitting the over on the points that I had for him. He's got free throws with 10 seconds left in the game, goes up to the line, bangs the first one. I need oh, him to man. hit the second one and like we're flying, misses the second one, and then obviously doesn't get the ball back. Eighth leg wins. Harden points is the only one that busts on the planet. Like dude, yeah. it always comes down to that. I don't know how. Every better has one of those stories, though. But but it literally all like we 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 forget about all the things, right? You quite obviously it doesn't always come down to last free throw. Right. But in your mind, just the fallacy of this thing, like it it seems like every bet you're sweating is coming down to the last thing. You're like, you have a quarterback over on completions. You're like. Well, this is it. Last drive. I need two completions. <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah, yeah. It just, it's always coming right down to that that number. But uh, yeah, NFL is a lot of fun. In, uh, in terms of um, of props for NFL, have you seen? I don't look at props. Very, the only time I look at props is when I'm um, doing primetime on uh, Sunday and Monday nights with uh, Eric Eager and, and Fabian Somer leading into the football games. But have you noticed that like um, any of the yardage totals or anything are are down this year relative to previous years or are they the same because the the game totals are like there's no scoring right the median nfl score this year has been 40 points yeah yardage totals are way down okay because I'm, lo I'm looking through that today and i was wondering but it typically has always happened in the first couple of weeks of nfl season got it makes sense like for me i, I i'm trying to figure out why scoring is down in the nfl 
because it's obviously tough to do. The game's not being called all too differently. People are like, oh, there's not enough elite quarterbacks yeah, anymore. No, but actually, though, like, there isn't. There isn't, but it was the same. Like, were there enough elite quarterbacks last I year? It just feels like there's always, like, a middle tier of QB that just went away now. Like, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, like, those guys. True. Like, I just felt like there was always a, a middle tier. Like, even, you know, you had, like, Cam Newton and, like, Drew Brees and Matt Ryan and... You know, all those guys were like, okay. It's yeah. the guys who's not the guy, but they're a guy. Yeah, yeah. Like Matt, yeah, Ryan, I hear you. Matt Ryan is... Well, is, even like Derek Carr's junk this year. And he wasn't like junk last year. It's that... that I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, like how is the best quarterback that, of that tier, like Carson Wentz? Is Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I get I get it. Uh, maybe. Maybe there's something to that. Suma sent me like a... But these guys, by the way, are so much better than the backups. Like Jared Goff is even a step ahead of like all of those other quarterbacks and Carson Wentz. So it, it actually is crazy right now. There's well, like at the top, it's so hot, heavy. It's so top heavy. The backup to Jared Goff is Nate Sudfeld. Do you remember oh, watching that guy play? Yeah, I do actually. The Eagles? Oh my Nate God. Nate Sudfeld. There's a, they put him in for that tank when Peterson yeah. was tanking. Yes. He was in, in, the, in the final game of the year against Washington, I think it was. Oh yeah. Honestly. The biggest tank. Think, but think back on how well that has set up the Eagles. Like I listen, I mean it's only like whatever increase, but the Eagles, the now, Lions win games every year. At the last game of the season, yeah. they win games and go from first overall to third overall, and then they just get. And then they're like, oh, well, oh well, we didn't get our guy. Like it's crazy. The true fans know. At the end of the year, they're rooting against their team. One hundred percent. The true, the the real true fans know when to root for and against their team, and like the, the these meaningless wins at the end of the season. They are, they're not meaningless, actually. They actually have an impact in future years because you've done yourself a disservice by winning those games. It happens every... I see these people going nuts when their team kicks a game-winning field goal. At, I'm like, why are you celebrating? I get it. Like, you're, you're a Lions fan. You, you're a Browns you're o, fan. If you're like 0-15 and, and the next team has three wins, then you should be rooting for two wins. Right. But there's no lottery system in the NFL, so it's actually, like, weird why there's not more tanking. There's, yeah. There's no lottery system if you, you you know, like they go into the last week and the team knows if I lose this game, I get the first overall pick. Yeah. Like, and how do you win that game? Like, uh, I don't know if you guys heard this story in Frankie Corrado was on Toronto Sports Radio and he was talking about it's obviously different sport for hockey here. But like the players know about tanking and like know the ability to go and get players. He was telling a story about when they were leading up to the Matthews year. And one day coming down the stretch, one of the guys in the locker room, they were looking at the standings and one of the other teams was getting close to them at the bottom of the standings. And he said, the guy says to him, he's like, oh, look, Vancouver's catching up. And he's like, what do you mean? We're like, we're in last place. And he's like, nah, we got to get Matthews. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's that. But for sure, though, I mean, like they know this year's another good tank for the NHL. Yeah, hard for Bedard. Yeah, the Blackhawks. Is that what it is? That the or did you just coin that yourself? That's my. That's I'm coining. Hard for Bedard is pretty good. Well, yeah, he's going to be. Well, I mean, he should be. He should be really good. So we will see. McDavid was the ultimate tank. Matthews, obviously, a good one. They had the uh, fail for nail Yakupov. Fail for didn't pan out. Didn't (laughs) didn't pan out. Um, All right, let's get into um, our main topic for today: buying and selling points. Um, I like this topic right now because it's very timely in the NFL and uh, almost on a week-to-week basis, Rob and I were getting questions about uh, the value of the three, the value of the six, where should we, 
hey, would I be better off to bet this number or this number? Um, and I think generally speaking, anytime, and this is 100% a general statement, but anytime you are moving and buying and selling points, generally speaking, nine out of 10 times, it is going to be a bad move mm-hmm. for you. Okay. So if you even have hi- that- even higher than that, I would say. Even, even higher, higher than, than nine, nine out of 10. Out of 10. <laughs> okay. I think that's a conservative estimate. So so very likely it's going to be a bad move for you. Now, in some scenarios, it could be a good move. In some scenarios, it could be a great move. And we're going to discuss some of those. But just off the rip, um, it would be a bad move likely to do it. So if you're consistently finding that like every time you're betting a team that's plus three, you're buying that up to three and a half. Um, and there's not a specific angle you found at the site where you're comparing stuff like that, uh, then it likely is a bad move. So from there, I'll toss it off to Rob. Uh, let's give your thoughts and we can go riff back and forth on this one. Yeah, so I tweeted something earlier this week about um, if if the if people had just forgotten, like pretended that that feature didn't exist at their sports book, the buy points feature, they'd be much better off in the long run. Now, obviously there's some exceptions, but people will ask, well, they don't understand. Why is it generally a bad idea to buy points? People tend to buy points for peace of mind, I would say. They think that there's your biggest edges. Well, some people buy them on their biggest edges because, hey, if you're going to lay down, you're going to lay down a couple dimes on a game. You want to buy points, you know, make sure you you get the, you know, the most points possible. But um, that's an inside joke for those. Some the the real OGs of circles off will will get that one. But um, essentially. You're paying for peace of mind and what the sports book is going to do is typically charge you more for that half point or that full point than what it's actually worth in in overtime. So, you know, you'll see that two and a half at your sports book and you'll be like, ah, I know three is like key number in the NFL, right? Lots of games are going to land on, on three. So what you're going to do is naturally be like, I'm going to buy this point and pay a little bit extra. Well, the sports book knows exactly how many games are going to land on three over a long period of time. So they are now charging you more than what that half point is actually worth. So that's what people have to understand. Yes, there's going to be times where it helps you. And you're going to be like, oh, you know, that was great. I was, uh, you know, you know, would have lost this bet and I ended up pushing because I actually bought this half point. It doesn't matter. It's sort of a math equation in the long run, right? So understand that sports books are not dumb. There's a reason sports books make money over long periods of time. One of the reasons is People just don't understand simple concepts with betting. And with buying points in specific, you are very infrequently able to buy a point for what is a fair price, is what it comes down to. Now, you did mention there's exceptions, and we can talk about those. Yeah, but before we, before we do, sorry, I was just pulling something up here. Uh, so you look at... We look at like, hey, when you're betting, we always say like line shop so you can save on the hold and stuff like that. But when you look at it from a sports book perspective, they're running a business. So if they were to just book everyone's action at minus 110, get equal action on the game, then what's going to happen is uh, at the end of the day, they are going to uh, take $100 on one side, 100 on the other side. Each person's going to lay minus 110. The game's going to end. They're going to pay out one guy and they're going to collect from another guy. And the collection is going to be 110. The payout's going to be 100. They made $10 on their 200 bet, which um, in this scenario, when you're looking at, they're making like a couple percent, right? 
And if this were to be the regular model and everyone just bet at uh, 2%, like everyone just bet at minus 110, sportsbooks would, in theory, never make more uh, than a few percent in terms of hold. Yep. But when we look at some of the numbers right now, so that's what I was just pulling up was what was the hold percentage? I pulled up New Jersey for, um, you know, earlier this year, 2022. It looked like sports books held in New Jersey on sports specifically all encompassing 7.4% hold percentage, which is crazy because how could they hold 7.4% if people are just betting minus 110? And the reason is all of this alternative stuff that you bet that people bet in has a higher hold percentage and that is how they get these numbers up. So things like parlays, same game parlays, futures bets, obviously higher hold. But one thing that really flies under the radar is the buying and selling of points. When you put something to like, hey, I now have the three and a half, but I paid minus 135. That is something where your your edge is now, you know, minus five, six, seven percent. And it's getting these sportsbook hold numbers up. So uh, hopefully that's helpful for some people. But I just want to more explain in like a business sense of these guys, if you didn't bet any of these other markets, would quite literally be earning only a few percent a year. But the reality is the numbers are never like no sports book is earning 1.5%, 2.2% hold. They're all earning five plus. And when you look at parlays, parlays might be earning 20. Yep. So that is kind of how you can even just look and be like, what are the bets that are stupid bets? Yes. What does the book earn the most on? Teasers. Those are the ones you don't want to be betting. Like we said, never, never seen a teaser that I didn't think was an, a, a guaranteed lock I've before I put a, it in. I've never seen a 14 point teaser that I didn't think was a guaranteed lock. Oh, man. <laughs> Why well, play 14 when you could play 17 or 21 point super teaser? Those ones are, I mean. So, uh, okay, sorry. So you wanted to get into into something else there. But I think that was a that's a really good point to, to hit home on is like you can tell. It's not like you don't have to listen to us and say, hey, well, why? These guys think that the three and a half is not good. Like right. consistently year over year, sports books are earning double, triple, quadruple the amount on those type of bets. It, it's quite obviously a bad bet you know, 95, 99% of the time. So in the scenarios where it is a good bet, Rob, let's hear him. Yeah, so just the last point on this, people become obsessed with the key numbers and not the price. And both are are important. So people become obsessed with getting that three, getting that seven, and they ignore what they have to pay to get that all the time. And you're very often paying more than that that point is worth. And that's, that's what the, the concept is here. Sometimes you're much better off just taking plus six and a half, plus 100, than taking plus seven, minus 130. That's an extreme example, but that's the case. Sure, you could lose the game by seven, but guess what? That point or that half point is not worth that. There are some scenarios that rarely exist nowadays. Um, I don't, we don't talk about like the, you know, paperhead. Uh, well, we, we do, but there are some scenarios where buying points would be worth it. Plain and simple. And in this case, it's usually a sports book that will charge you the same amount to buy every single point. These do exist. They're less and less frequent. But there are some sports books that will say, no matter what half point you buy, we're going to charge you 10 cents on that. In that case, it's almost always worth it to buy from two and a half to three or from three, negative three to minus two and a half or so on and so forth. So you always have to look at what the actual charge is for that half point, period. And so like, you know, I I never say never and I don't like to talk in like absolutes because there's different ways to win at sports betting and so on and so forth. And I don't want to say just never buy points, but you have to be very aware 
of what the sports book is charging you for that half point. Now, people might say, well, how do I know? You know, how do I know how to compare a two and a half to a three in market? There's several ways you can do it. There's resources online. Personally, I think the easiest for a recreational better or for someone who doesn't know how to compare two different lines to see which one is better, I would say use the free tool on Unabated. Plain and simple. You go to unabated.com, go to the calculator section at the top of the screen, click on compare lines. All you have to do is type in two lines and compare them and easily can find out which one is better. So if you're going to consider buying a half point at any time, quite literally, all you have to do is put in what the original line is, what the line would be if you bought that half point with the price, and it will tell you which is the better line. And I think it's a very good tool uh, overall. Um, built by friends of ours. Obviously, we've had Captain Jack on the program before. We're friends with Rufus, but plain and simple, very easy to use. And just get into the habit of doing that whenever you're betting NFL. Most of the bets you make are not time sensitive anyways, unless you're reacting to, to player news. But most people out there are just betting whenever they have free time. It's a very valuable tool to use. If you just want to be spit what the best bet is in market, BetStamp will do that for you, very simply. You don't have to type in anything. We'll give you the best price. We'll tell you where to go bet, plain and simple. If you're someone who's betting with one sports book, I would not recommend that. But if you are doing that and you just want to compare two lines, use the compare lines calculator at Unabated. 100%. And uh, in terms of comparing the lines when we're saying this stuff, um, like for the most part, and, and I've, I've changed my stance on this. We talked like a few weeks back, like, hey, just bet the best price and whatever, like, Always compare the lines, but in my opinion, like, you know, you don't need to go too deep on some of the things in the industry. Like a lot of people get, you know, almost that galaxy brain, like, oh, let me go like do this, this, this. This is one area of sports betting where if I was an up and comer and I was like looking to learn, I would not care about this. I literally, I quite literally would not ever even let this cross my brain in terms of something that I want to spend like time and effort researching on in terms of like building out charts, going back through historicals. Simply put, I don't think anyone who right now who's coming up is going to do like a good job at that or build anything that's accurate enough to actually make an impact. So this is one area where you should just leverage, um, like Rob said, either the unabated tools or uh, just go look on the BetSAM screen and pick out the price. If you have to estimate it, just estimate it and then you know take your pick at which one's better based on what you think. But in terms of like going back, charting it out and thinking you're going to find an edge on like the numbers here in terms of like the, the different stuff between like the seven, the three or the one and the two. Um, I don't necessarily think that like an up and comer is going to have uh, a lot of success with that. And I do think there's a lot of other like low hanging fruit that I would spend my time on versus that. Now, if you're like an actuary mathemat right. mathematician and like different you know, story, yeah, different story. If you already have experience doing that and you're like, Hey, I'm going to look at how NFL is changing this year and how I might be able to find the edge. Maybe you can do something like that. But Sheer beginners, I want to start getting into more of the habit on like me giving out some real advice for beginners. Yes, you should, in theory, look into this as you should, in theory, look into a hundred other things. But this is one right now where like if you're a beginner, forget about this. Not not as important. Bigger fish to fry. Agreed. There's, um, you know, there's you, you like to talk about the concept of value all the time and your time is valuable. You're very rarely going to find a scenario where buying points is worth it probably not needing to compare lines every single time. Um, so I agree with you there. Um, I'll, I want to get into this. Some, so I posted a tweet thread about this, buying points. There were some criticisms of me for this. 
Uh, I do want to get into that, but I do want to remind people that this episode of Circles Off is sponsored by the Power Rank Sports Betting Newsletter. Valuable, concise, and entertaining. Dr. Ed Fang makes these his three goals with each correspondence, which mostly cover the NFL and college football. Ed is a personal friend of ours. He's a data scientist whose work has informed uh, our betting. Check out the newsletter at thepowerrank.com. So I post this Twitter thread. Get a bunch of responses like, oh, you make sports betting like not fun. Like sports betting is supposed to be fun. Just like let us do what we want. And we've talked about this before, but wouldn't you have more fun if your bankroll could be larger over time? rather than smaller would that not be something that it, how, how I, maybe I, I can't put myself into the shoes where a buying a half point is fun but is that your like when i've bought points in my life before i was a very square terrible better i used to buy points all kinds pretty much with every bet i made at one point in time i would never consider buying points to be fun like who are these people who are these people that are like, oh, like stop being like, the, you know, stick in the mud. Have some fun. I don't understand that. I can never grasp that concept of like, yeah. Yeah, sports betting should be fun. You know, it's fun winning at sports betting. It's way more fun than betting and or losing a bet and, and losing, you know, 120 bucks instead of 110 or 100 because you, you bought a half point. I don't understand that. Yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. I, it's it's crazy uh, when we keep looking at this stuff and we're like, yeah, it, it is what it is, but sportsbook numbers keep going up and up. People are losing more and more every single month. And, um, you know, it's not an insanely difficult game to beat. So, uh, you know, I love the community that we, we have within this show because a lot of the people listening here are people who I've seen and have messages from now that have grown bankrolls, you know, tenfold. Starting off as like $100 betters up to 1000 now. Guys starting off with like 500 bucks, now 5,000. Or guys, there's been a, a bunch of people right now who have reached out who have made like into the five figures, like 20, 25, $30,000 from sports betting. Um, you know, obviously a lot of that's on your own. It's not like from this podcast, but we've had like a bunch of people reach out and say like, hey, based on the principles you've like given out in this podcast, I've quite literally made $25,000 on this. And like, thank you so much. And it's amazing to hear. So Thanks everyone in the community. Obviously, let's keep growing it. Um, one one other cool thing to say is uh, we do have um, we do have a bet stamp Discord, and uh, it's not it's not as big as we'd like it to be right now. It's it's uh, under a thousand, just under a thousand members. Um, but I would encourage everyone to join if you're interested in just like joining uh, a community where you have other betters who are like trying to not necessarily learn but trying to win as much as possible and trying to find different edges and cool things. There's a bunch of people posting in, whether it be like cool bets, fun bets, uh, new promos, things like that. And uh, obviously all across the States and Canada, we um, we have different members from different regions posting different stuff. So if you want to join that, uh, best way to do it would be, um, I mean, I guess we'll put the the link in the YouTube description and uh, and here on uh, on the podcast description. So you can click that directly from your phone and it'll send you an invite directly to Discord. For those of you who don't use Discord, it's essentially uh, like a chat app where you can have multiple different channels and um, you, know, you can write in and build a community. So there's like a thousand members in there. You can mute the channels you don't want. 
Um, if you don't want to like hear about NBA, you, you know, mute that channel. If you don't want to hear picks and you only want promos, mute all the channels, turn notifications on for the promos. Going to have some, uh, you know, some good stuff going on in there. And we're hoping to grow it moving forward. And then last plug, unless, uh, unless you have anything else, is uh, the Hammer Betting Network going great so far in terms of the launch. A lot of cool shows that we mentioned last week. And um, there's one that we wanted to plug for listeners of this show that we feel might be, um, you know, a good amount of crossover. Our friend Kevin Davis, um, he's hosting a new show. It's called 90 Degrees. So we'll link that as well in the show description. You can also find it on Apple and Spotify. It's an audio-only show right now. Uh, very similar style to Circles Off. And uh, Kevin is going to be you know, hosting a few different guests, some semi-pros, some pros in the, in the sports betting space. The first episode was incredible. And anyone who is interested in learning about sports betting will benefit from this episode. Uh, the episode was with uh, another friend of ours, Fats. Uh, a guy who goes on Twitter by a real underscore fats, uh, a legend in the betting game um, and uh, someone who has made a living at this for a long time. So check that episode out. I personally enjoyed it a lot. Oh, yeah. And I know there's a lot more to come uh, from Kevin and the 90 Degrees podcast. So that's one that we definitely would recommend. A lot of good crossover. If you like this show, you're going to love that show. Agreed. Kevin is a very great personality. Like He's just a great dude. Um so I've, I've run into him at both of the bet bashes that Spanky put on. First one was in New Jersey. We didn't get to talk a whole lot, but we talked a little bit about the CFL. Actually, he's a, a CFL better from New Jersey, which is kind of weird, but he loves, loves the CFL uh, to each their own. Uh, bet bash two, there was the bookie better breakfast, and I was tabbed as one of the betters. So the not the bookie, but yeah, it was one of the betters. But anyways... People that were there were bought a ticket to Bet Bash 2. Was, were supposed to sit down at a table, and then like a couple, you know, a bookie and a better would sit down at that table as well and join them for breakfast and have a chat or whatever. Kevin intentionally waited for me to sit down at the table, and then he joined my table so that we could chat. But we had a blast that morning. He has so many great stories. Um, really good, good dude, and I think that as a host. Um, he will be fantastic overall. So um, do check that out. I do think that that's going to be a, a really solid show. Um, we've covered mostly everything on buying points. The last thing I'm going to say, just going through the, the comments of anyone who's tweeted me about buying points, there's this one guy um, who's basically saying that he's never lost a bet from buying uh, a half point. It's like, I never, you know, one thing about buying points, never lost a bet. Well, he technically lost every bet. Well, He's paying more juice. Exactly, right? Never lost a bet, but I've won or pushed many of them because I bought that half point. This is the most one-sided, illogical view I can think of because every single bet that you lose when you buy a half point, you lose more. No, not every bet you lose, every bet you place. True. Because you're placing, you're risking more, more money that you could be risking on shorter odds that has a higher payout. So when you're, when you're betting at any additional juice, you're not only risking the juice when you lose, you're risking it at all times, at any given moment. Because if you're betting minus 110, you're sure you're risking 110 for 100. But if you had minus 105, you could risk 110 for 104. So 0.6. So now you're at uh, $4 more profit. So if you won your bet, you, you lost $4. If you lost your bet, you lost 10. I, obviously, you're going to feel like a hero if you buy a half point and you get a push out of it, or you win a bet. Out of it. Like, you're going to feel like a hero. I get it. 
it's you got to take a long-term view and to say that you've never lost a bet because of buying a half point while technically that may be true it's completely illogical and false and you should never convince yourself that that's a reason to pay extra money um or you know essentially um give the sports book an even larger edge than they already have by buying that half point so that's it i think we've covered that topic pretty well how much time we at right now 35 minutes all right one one last thing uh here some news just for us um you know if you're tuning in just for uh sharp betting concepts or uh, betting principles you can sign off now appreciate you joining (laughs) in uh we love you we appreciate you tuning in rob and i uh later today this is recording this on uh, wednesday wednesday morning september 28 we're on to cincinnati we're on to cincinnati we are on to cincinnati rob and i um as well as luke from luke's locks also known as lay with luke uh, and one of our uh, video producers are actually heading over to Cincinnati, and we're going to be catching Thursday night football live, Bengals versus Dolphins. And uh, we're going to be making some cool content, shooting some videos. We're going to shoot a live Luke's Locks. Uh, we're partnering with um, you know our friends over at Bet Fred, who sponsor um, Luke's show, Luke's Locks. So uh, we're excited about that. Rob, you excited? I'm pretty excited to go. I am. Um I haven't seen a live NFL football game in a long time. It has been a few years, obviously, with the, uh, the but even stuff. even so. The problem with me for like when I was younger, I used to. Well, can I guess what you're going to say? Sure. Are you going to say that you just you don't want to miss a regular Sunday? Exactly. Yeah, neither do I, man. Who I wants w- to go to a Sunday game and miss all the other games? My friends are always <laughs> going to like a couple Bills games a year. They're like, "That's good on the bus in the morning, whatever." I'm like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't care. I want to go watch all the games at once. I don't want to watch one game." Primetime games are a different story. Uh, so Thursday night football should be interesting. Um, hopefully we, we see Tua play and not, you know, he's got like 48. He's listed with like head, back, ankle. Oh, I, think he's, I think he's going to play. I think yeah. he's going to play. We'll see. But uh, looking forward to that and um, particularly the tailgate experience. I've done some primetime tailgates before. Now, I don't know what it's going to be like in Cincinnati compared to Buffalo and Detroit and, you know, some other places I've been to, which are pretty raucous crowds, but I hope it's, it's solid. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm just, I'm looking forward to, to like getting back to football stadium. I, I am as well. Uh, so I, when I was younger as well, I used to hit up a, a Bills game a year and uh, it was ultimately just, it was legitimately not enjoyable to go to a Bills game in the cold. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, Oh no, no, I agree with you. About? Yeah. I get it. Obviously, it's still a lot of fun, and you you sometimes got to suck it up and like go to a snow game. Um, but for me here, like we you know we live in in Toronto. It's very cold here. I'm, I play hockey outside. Like we'll play some you know shinny outdoors. Like it's not that I'm afraid of the cold. It's just to miss a full Sunday in December, drive out to Buffalo, and then have to like sit down at the game in a cold thing. Plus, you know, a few years ago, prior to uh, you know the last couple of years shutdown. Buffalo wasn't that good. They did have one year where they went to the playoffs, lost to Deshaun Watson and the Texans. But prior to that, like they weren't that good. So you'd you'd fly, you'd drive over to Buffalo, sit down, freeze your ass off. Bills get dusted by the Patriots, and you're just like, all right, well, let's go get some wings and go home. Like it wasn't that enjoyable because you had to miss all the other games. So I would look every year and be like, okay, where's the prime times that are in Buffalo? Some some years you get none. Some years you'd get one. This year, for example, there was one which was this previous uh, Monday nighter versus the Titans. But for us now, it's like, okay, is that too early in the year? So you really need the perfect date to line up to actually go to a game, right? Because you can't go in December. 
but also week two, it's like, all right, well, I'm still getting ready. I got all this work to do. Like, I don't know if I can go out on a Monday night. So uh, ideally, this is a perfect game for us. Cincinnati, obviously not too cold this time of year. Thursday night football, don't have to miss the rest of the games. Not too far of a trek out. We are fired up to go. And I will say, I do want to eventually catch a Denver Broncos game. In Denver, I've always wanted to hit up uh, hit up the stadium there. Have you been to a bunch of stadiums? Um, mostly more baseball than than football. More base. I, I've been to a, a lot of arenas, stadiums, whatever. But yeah, no, NFL stadiums, I don't know, six. Six. I went to, uh, so I've been to the Buffalo Bills game. Yeah. Detroit Lions. We're uh, the ones that are close to Canada for everyone listening here. Yep. Uh, and then I did go to a New York Jets versus Giants game at the time. I think, I don't know if they sh- still share a stadium, but they at do. the time they, they did. Yeah. I believe it was the Jets home game. So I've been to three, three stadiums. That's it. This will be the fourth in Cincinnati here. I've seen uh, uh, games in Buffalo, Detroit, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Miami. Uh, who am I missing? As a veteran, well, not really. I mean, yeah, there's. Uh, I've I've never you haven't seen in Dallas. I have not been to no the the stadium in Dallas. Okay, well, oh. we are there. We are there. We're gonna we're gonna try some different uh, new content ideas. So I'm excited for that. Actually, uh, one thing we were really interested in doing was uh, trying to see if we can get some cool gambling related content um, just at the tailgate on the street. Um, so we have another you know, awesome creator, Ben Carey, shout out, uh, who's going to be doing some amazing content uh, at the Broncos games on the Hammer Betting Network. So it's going to be, you know, a lot of prizes giving out, trivia questions at the tailgates, uh, a lot of VIP stuff there. It's going to be hopefully really, really fun. I'm excited for that content. And we're going to try to make some stuff in Cincinnati and see what works, you know. Um, Not necessarily jamming the mic in people's faces like a lot of these videos, but we do want to give out some prizes. We do want to ask some trivia questions. Um, and make sure that we're actually um, seeing who's who's interested in, in betting in Ohio. Ohio, set to go live, yep. legal sports betting, January 1st. Also, if you are in Cincinnati and you're going to the game and you're a fan of this podcast, hit up Rob on Twitter, DM him, and uh, hopefully we, we can meet up at the game. I have not been to, it's not Paul Brown Stadium anymore. I actually don't know what the Bengal Stadium is called. Used oh, to be. Some random. Some yeah, random it's sponsored, name. whatever sponsor is now. I have not been there since I was probably in my early 20s, maybe even I was around 20 years old. I saw a banger of a game. Carson Palmer against Jake DeLome, Bengals, Panthers. Huge fourth and one in that game for the Bengals where they ran Chad Johnson down the right sideline and Palmer hit him for like a 50-yard pass down the sideline on a bomb. Amazing. Panthers had the ball to win the game, drove the field. Jake DeLome got picked in the end zone to end the game. Really? It was great. But I will say that was like October. We had nosebleeds because at that time I had absolutely no money. was losing all my money betting. We had nosebleeds. (laughs) It was so cold. Like it was cold, man. I was in like four layers. I got like... I was getting like hot chocolates just to keep my hands warm and stuff like that. I didn't even drink them just to keep my hands warm. I don't know how people do the cold football games. That's man. why I don't want to do it. It's like, is it that enjoyable? Especially like, if go it's to like Lambeau a little bit where, raining. Like, I, I, I've, I've seen Toronto FC play the MLS Cup in Toronto twice. Not even like in the pure of winter. It is freezing, man. 
Like that's a 90 minute soccer game. Football games go way longer. On top of that, you can never keep your feet warm. I could wear three layers of socks and boots. My feet are always freezing. I don't know if this is just a person. I don't know how the guys go out there with no shirt. Like I don't understand. And then for me, one of the worst things about the cold is like when you finally you're freezing, right? You finally get that heat, whether it's the car heat or, or the house and like your body's thawing out and just in pain. Like, does this happen? Does this not happen to you guys as well? Yeah. Where it's like, that's the most miserable experience imaginable. I'd just rather not be cold ever. Yeah, we're definitely complainers. But also <laughs> I went to Formula One in Montreal once. It was so hot. That I had nearly got heat stroke and I was just pounding vo- like vodka Gatorades and then, oh and then had to switch to regular Gatorades. And then literally it was so unenjoyable because you're just like, yeah, you're roasting. The heat is just so intense and the sun and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm done. So we're just complaining now, but uh, give us some indoor stadiums, man. Is that too, is that too much? Yeah. We're listen, I, I get it. There is, there is something to watching it, right? Like I, I like watching those winter games at Lambeau, you know, some snow on the field or it's like the frozen tundra. I like watching that. Do I want to be there in person to watch that? Absolutely not. There's like, you couldn't pay me to go to that game. I don't know the amount of money you'd have to pay me to be in attendance for that full game. And I'm a huge NFL fan. I just don't want that. Like my friends went three years ago, went to um, a Bills game. Can't remember what game it was. You know, they're like, oh, Rob's you know, you're not coming. They're making fun of me or whatever. I'm like, I'm not missing this ghost December Bills game. Like, I don't really care. The visibility, they, they had like very good seats. The visibility was so bad that they left at the half to watch the second half in the coach bus and just have like a part. Like what, what What kind of experience is that? It was snowing so hard. Trying to get away from the wives. Well, of course, I get that. And they have kids too. I, I don't have kids. So My like, buddies went to that Patriots uh, Bills that, game that was a di- that, They said it was unreal though. They loved it. But that's also... Didn't someone from the office go to that Patriots Bills game last year? The one sure. where nobody could even throw the ball. It was so windy. Yeah. Remember. Yeah, Nate. Nate went oh, yeah, to that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of our developers. Um, oh yeah, forgot Mississippi about that. Nate. <laughs> Shout out Nate. Shout out to Dude, Nate. Nate. No one has ever Nate driven dog. more. Ti- no one has ever driven more times from Toronto to Buffalo for unnecessary reasons. I, that guy will drive to Buffalo on a whim for <laughs> w- literally whatever. Like, oh yeah, oh, I got to go to Buffalo. Okay, whatever. He's going. He misses once a week. He misses his homeland when he's here, man. Just wants <laughs> to be back in the U.S. and. Um, yeah, I, that, that was hilarious. We're like, Nate, are you actually going to go to this game? Like it's, it's so windy that they're not going to be able to throw the ball. He's like, I, I have to go. My dad planned it or whatever. It's, I forgot. He dad went to picked that. him up at the office. Yeah, that was, that was a good, that was a, that good, was a good day, uh, but good. All right. I'm looking forward Anyways, to everyone we're out. Thank you very much for listening. Please like on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube, uh, rate and review five stars, right? Over 500 five-star reviews. You guys are the best. All also, right. if you're listening on Thursday tonight, primetime game. Before, if you're not going to be uh, in Cincinnati with Rob and Johnny, you can watch Andrew Walker and Joey Knish live teeing up the game and then back again at halftime. And then you can come back on Friday, Friday morning, charge it to the game player prop show with Ben Carey and Nick Granered from Capwise. And then following them up later in the day, Tom Casale goes head-to-head with Joey Knish won his five best cfb bets of the weekend kanish has no idea what they are <laughs> tom casali gives them out live and then kanish reacts it is a really good show tune into those those are live as well thank you guys